Plainer Prod presents The Attic Monologues Episode 19, All the World's a Stage I, uh... Another letter came today. Same envelope, same fancy paper, same seal with those words imprinted in the wax. Echartum et atramentum lisa. In ink and paper chained. I don't know what I was expecting. They told me if I read another monologue, they'd... How did they know? How did they know? Or is this just a coincidence? I mean, it's been... It's been a while. Maybe they just scheduled to send this one a few months after the first. Maybe this has nothing to do with me. Maybe this isn't a real threat. It certainly feels threatening. I guess I should read it then. Here goes nothing. My dear Nix Ryland, this is not a threat. This is not a warning or a cease and desist. I can see the time for such things has passed, as I should have supposed it would. I apologise for the trouble caused. I apologise for my harsh words. They were uncalled for. I let personal emotions cloud my judgement. But I had to try. You understand? Well, you don't understand. That is rather the issue here, isn't it? So let me cut right to it. I am writing to tell you everything. To unfold the road before you to unmask those invisible, awful things that have sat on your shoulders for months. Let me tell you a story. It starts like this. Once upon a time, there was a story. It lived and it died and lived again so often, most forgot it existed at all. Most forgot it to be a story and simply called it life. Every story needs an author to shape it. Every story needs a protagonist to live it. Sometimes two of them, or a whole group. The author of this story, however, has a fondness for the lonely figure. They might be special or ordinary, They might be called up to greatness or adventure or simply a sweeping romance. They might win or lose or die. Our author also has a fondness for tragedy. But a story cannot be told alone, not in the grand epic the universe prefers to be told. Shall I introduce you? to the threads being spun. The story goes like this. An innocent slips between the pages, 
no one knows whether it is an accident. They go slowly at first. A hand disappears, a tongue, a brain. Eyes freeze in supplication to the sky. A body withers to nothing more than bone, and when it is finally pulled apart, it is made of nothing more than dirt and air. The story goes like this. An anchor falls beneath the waves, or down a rabbit hole, or a well. Without looking, without meaning to, it has taken its weight too seriously, drowns the story when it was made to keep it afloat. By the time it realises all this, it has hit the ground, the bedrock, the ocean floor. It makes its next decision fully aware, however, when it begins to dig. The story goes like this. A boy who barely knows this world from the next takes it upon himself to be a teacher, a mentor. He thinks he has seen enough. He thinks he knows how this story goes. He thinks just because endings have been happy before means they can be happy always. He does not know that a happy ending is only an ending because it is no longer being watched. The story goes like this. A sage watches and waits and maps the world falling apart. They mark each fracture, each broken shard like a crime scene, photographed, catalogued, moved on. They learnt long ago that to be part of the story may be an awful thing. The story goes like this. An outlaw burns and burns, and by the time they remember how to live with the pain, they have set the world on fire. By the time they know what they want, and how perhaps even to keep it, their body is ash and soot and wind. The story goes like this. The one who is left behind pretends they are not still waiting for the story to start or end. They are not sure there was even a story to begin with. The story goes like this. A girl made of shattered fragments believes that she is made of knives. A boy who learnt to follow flames does not know what to do when they go out. A girl who fell in love with the stars searches for the brightest one gone dark. A star who burnt too brightly dreams of burning dim. A girl who thought her world was safest far adrift must watch silent as it falls apart. The story starts like this. A traitor tells a lie. They plant it like a seed in a forest where the canopy should starve it of sunlight, where it should be shadowed and forgotten and left to rot between the roots. So of course it spreads. Like wildfire, like ivy, it reaches and strangles and slowly kills everything it sees. 
the forest chokes and the air hangs limp and even the sun and the moon are dim and flickering and gone. There is nothing left to light the way except the flames. There are too many characters in this story, don't you think? Too many people to halt and change and break the narrative, trying desperately to be more important than they are. But that is the way of stories. It is so hard to control them once they get their teeth into you. Even the author may find the narrative spinning out of their reach. Remember this story. Remember how it begins. Remember that it hasn't ended yet, but that every story does. I'm sure we will converse again, perhaps even face to face, but for now, I simply wish you a goodbye, a farewell, a good luck. I have a feeling you'll be needing it. Yours sincerely, the author. Uh, well, that was weird. It was certainly a lot nicer than the last one. Still feels like a threat. Dear future Nix, I needed some air after that, so where else? The caramel in clove. <sighs> they said it would explain everything, but I'm just way more confused than before. Like, okay, I get that there are a lot of characters. That's cool. Why do I care? Is it referring to the monologues? Like, is each archetype referring to a different monologue? Are they, are they the same narrative? Maybe? I didn't, like, do English A-level, but it seems like this author isn't very good at writing. I've decided I'm not going to tell Bella about this. The letter, I mean. She'll only freak out and expect me to go flying off the handle again. And then I'd have to explain that I did start reading the monologues again, despite everything. It's just... No. It'll be fine. A second letter, though. I guess this rules out Will. Or anyone from drama. Unless they're really committed to the bit and this is just some sort of hazing... But on the other hand, it's nonsense. So maybe it has to be a prank. Or one of those games where you write a story by sending letters back and forth. Maybe I should try writing back? Except I don't know where they live. And I don't really want to encourage them. I'd like an apology, for starters. But... On to brighter things. I didn't just come here for the scenery. I came to, like, get Ambrose's advice about 
you know, about asking Bella out. I know what you're thinking, how archaic, asking the guy who was basically her dad how to date her. It's like one of those old books where the love interests are courting. But, like, I want to be sure, you know? Like, I know Bella really well, but left to my own devices, I'd probably do something really stupid. <sighs> but Ambrose is out for lunch right now, so I'm here to wait. Or just, like, be out of the house. Don't actually know when he'll be back. Are you talking to yourself? Jesus Christ! What? Oh. It's you again. Dude, do your footsteps make any noise? Most people start conversations with, Hello, Raven, how are you? No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. But I wish they would sometimes. I'd do so in this polite society. Hello, Raven, how are you? Being morose again? Ah, uh, not today. Life is looking up for me, it appears. And yourself? Oh, yeah. Upwards and upwards. In the stratosphere. Maybe even on Mars. That far, really. Why do I feel like you're mocking me? Most people would agree with you. That wasn't a denial. No, it wasn't. But you shouldn't take it personally. Hmm. Penny for your thoughts? At this rate, I'll be rich. I find bribery a good incentive for sharing. Dude, do you have any friends to talk to? Not particularly. Usually I'd bother Ambrose or my sister. Alas, neither are at hand at the moment. And you, as always, look like you need someone to talk to. Someone other than empty air. I was talking to my phone, actually. So there. What was it you said about not having friends to talk to? Uh, this is totally not the same. My phone's like an organisation tool, a, a diary. I don't know, it helps me figure out my thoughts. Hmm, fair enough. I don't actually own one, so I wouldn't know. One... A phone? You don't own a phone? How, how do you exist in this day and age? Quite easily, actually. Far more time on my hands, for one thing. Oh, yeah? So, what... Do you actually do? For a living? Or whatever? I'm... a civil servant. You? Work in the government? Unwillingly, I assure you. Dude, I thought you were going to be a gang leader or something. Who says one can't be both? When one says things like one. You really are so narrow-minded, Nix Ryland. Actually, with the way you talk, I can believe you work for the government. I'm going to take that as an insult. It probably was. <laughs> Correct answer. So, now that you have real company, anything I can listen to? I am mostly unhelpful in all areas of life. At least, according to my sister. But a sympathetic ear can be the world in uncertain times. Well... Okay, you don't know anyone involved, so maybe talking it through with you is a good idea. Except don't, like, talk to Ambrose at all. My lips are locked, the key sinking far beneath the waves. Right. Well, I promised a friend that I would do something, but I... I don't know if I can.
or how. And why did you promise if you didn't think you could? Because I wanted to. I do, I really, I really want to. But I don't know if I can face what will happen if it goes wrong. If I, if I make it go wrong. Could we perhaps stop talking in vagaries? I might be able to aid you better. I don't know. It's actually... It's really simple. It's like three words. It's stupid, I mean... She already knows. How could she not know? And I know that she... I mean, we've been dancing around it for years. The only reason we haven't is... Well... I've always avoided... Am I to gather this is concerning matters of the heart? Matters of the heart? Okay, Shakespeare. Do you not enjoy Shakespeare? No, I I do. It's just... Oh, forget it. I was being a dick. You're not the first to mock me, you know. I know. I was here for you and Athri trying to kill each other with words and eyes alone. (laughs) That was nothing. Dude, you need help. Three would agree with you. Are you two behaving? Of course, course, Ambrose. I feel like I should be concerned. When have I ever done anything concerning? I won't be dignifying that with a response. Anyway, your sister is here. Here? Don't jest, Rosie. She accosted me as I was having lunch, looking for you. Please, Biophone, accept that we are in the 21st century. I'm not going to be your go-between forever. Where is she? Waiting, across the road. I told her she couldn't come in since she's banned from the premises, you know. Right. Nix, lovely to talk with you as always. I'll see you round. Good luck with your romantic prospects. Uh, thanks. Bye. Do I get to know the drama? There aren't enough hours in the day. Oh, fine. Be mysterious. I'll tell you the drama when you're older. Joke's on you. I'm never going to grow up. Well then, looks like I'm in the clear. Oh man, wait, can I take that back? I'll come up with a better joke, I swear. No take backs here, I'm afraid. You're the worst, Ambrose. I'm crying. I can see. (sighs) So, just here for a coffee, or are we doing therapy today? You're not my therapist. No, because you have to pay for those. Ambrose? Next. If I asked you for advice, would you be able to promise me you won't tell Bella? I... can... Almost definitely guarantee it. That's the best I can give you. Sorry. I'll take it. Once again, I feel like I should be concerned. Oh no, it's not anything... I mean... Okay, so... Basically, if... If I were to... Just, like, hypothetically... If I was planning to... Ask Bella out... How'd I go about doing that? Okay, now it's my turn to feel concerned. 
No, it's just... Uh, next time, I'm gonna say this politely. Uh. You should ask her out as soon as possible. When did you get here? Do you all wear silences on your shoes or something? Or something. Uh, sorry, hi. Nice to see you, Athery. I'm just getting jump-scared left, right and centre today. Raven almost made me jump out of my skin. Don't compare those two, please. You're not wrong, but they don't like to be reminded that they're similar people. Me and that feather-brained excuse for a living being have nothing in common. Keep telling yourself that, Daylight. It becomes a little bit more true every time. Hmm. Well, I'm going to sulk behind the bar with my book. I love you. I love you too. I'm obsessed with you guys. Relationship goals. I maybe wouldn't advise asking Bella out the way I asked Athery out. Oh? Is this drama I get to know? If you like Romeo and Juliet. Ambrose. Ambrose, please, I'm begging you. I need to know everything. Maybe when you're older. Ambrose! Bringing the conversation back on topic. You'll have to tell me one day. Does Bella know how you guys met? Some of it. Interesting. Okay, I'm listening, I promise. Just any advice, please. Well, Athri was... right. Mostly. Thank you! That I should ask her out as soon as possible? That it's surprising you haven't already. Oh. Now, I know things have been messy, but if you think you're ready to go for it... Please go for it. I am not listening to another seven speeches about the sparkle of your eyes or the way you read Shakespeare. Three. What? This is one of the things you're not supposed to tell them? As if they don't already know. My lovely spouse has a point. Right. Cool. Nice. Uh... But, like, the reason I'm here is, how do I ask her out? I'm not very good at the whole doing things rationally thing. I, I don't want to overwhelm her or put her on the spot. Especially if she wants to say no. Ask her somewhere she doesn't feel trapped. Go to the park or something. Don't do it at home, or she won't feel able to take a breath if she needs to. Which... She might. Uh, don't feel guilty or terrible if she does. It just means she needs a moment to decide her response. This is a big thing you guys have been moving towards for eight and a half years. Well, I have this charity thing tomorrow. I'm dressing up as a gold statue in the park and the others are all coming to watch for a bit. So I could maybe ask her after that. Sounds perfect. Right. Okay. This is, uh, this is actually happening. I'm, I'm actually doing things. Holy shit. I'll get you another coffee. Thanks, Ambrose. You're, uh, you're really cool. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to him. Maybe I should ask for a divorce. Now that's just rude. 
Say something nice to me, then. I love the way you make coffee. Close. Your blueberry muffins. Closer. Your mussels. <laughs> I love you too. Love you, Shenzhang. And you say I shouldn't learn from you two. Well, you can study every inflection with that recorder there. Oh, God, i totally forgotten it was even on. A raven kind of distracted me. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll just... Uh... Oh, don't worry about it. so much for listening to the attic monologues if you're enjoying our show please consider supporting us through our patreon or ko-fi to help us compensate the hard work our team puts into every episode you can find links in the show notes below alternately you can leave us a review or tell a friend an enemy or your oblivious love interest to listen this episode was written and produced by morgan greensmith it was directed and script edited by ellen cluhesi the sound design was by anna leclerc and the theme tune was composed by wilkie morrison in this episode, you heard the voices of Atlas Morgan as Nix Ryland, Ellie Sandhouse as Raven, Joseph Leyland as Ambrose Trudel, Kaz Gidman as Athri Dane. The logo was designed by Ailey Lang. The social media is run by Soren Browood. You can find us on Twitter at Attic Monologues and on Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, and TikTok at The Attic Monologues. For more information on our show, our crew, our policies, or other shows made by our people, check out our website, www.planarprod.com. Episode 20, These Violent Delights, will be out on December 28th and will be our season one finale. See you then! I don't know how you got this number, but I don't want to hear it. Don't leave a message. The person you're looking for will be in Hyde Park tomorrow evening dressed in gold. Find them and you'll find your family. Good luck. Today's episode features a trailer for Tell No Tales, a queer supernatural podcast about finding voices for the dead. Featuring a non-binary protagonist and all-round spooky vibes, we know fans of the Attic Monologues will love this. All of Season 1 is available to stream now wherever you get your podcasts. So without further ado, tell no tales. Embarrassed about the icy chill that lingers in the guest room? Anxious about the noisy poltergeist in the attic? At Better Place, we know how isolating a haunting can be. Don't let your ghost be the only guest in your home. Reclaim your space with Better Place. Terms and conditions apply. Costs vary with spirit severity. The term Better Place is used metaphorically and the existence of an afterlife cannot be guaranteed. Having pest problems? You wouldn't put up with a house infested with mice or cockroaches. So why should you have to put up with a ghost? If cleaning the blood out the walls is taking too much of your time, 
or if replacing the shattered light bulbs is costing too much. Better Place can help. Stop paying through the nose to fix the symptoms and go right to the source with Better Place. A one-off payment will get rid of your ghost for good. Visit our website or call us now on... Tell No Tales is a serialised fiction podcast about ghosts, the people who hunt them, and finding out who the real villains are. With new episodes every Monday, search Tell No Tales wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.